fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. I'm tired of being nice. Gone 10 months with a ruptured tricep tendon, tore it straight off the bone. But I'm still here. This has never been a popularity contest. I would like to have a little conversation about my past which I don't think is checkered. I am the truth, and the truth is painful. What did I ever do in this world to go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? Hangman Adam Page! Oh! You want that rematch? You got it right here, right now. Let's go. That's exactly. Now on to the important things. That's not cowboy shit. That's coward shit. Somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that. It's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Our locker room for all the wisdom and brilliance it has isn't worth shit when you have an empty-headed idiot who's never done anything in the business do public interviews and say, no, I don't really take advice. This belongs to me until somebody can pin me or submit me for it. And there are those of you who I'm sure were praying to whatever God you believe in that I'm going to put these down here in this ring and walk into the sunset never to be seen again. But until there is somebody in this company that can fill these boots, they belong on my feet. Tell me when I'm telling lies. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. All those chants are gonna stop him from turning his back on you again? And then crying about it on a podcast. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I work with fucking children. That's because I am the one true, genuine article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. I'll tell you why I'm upset about it. Because if you're an EVP, you don't try to middle your top baby face. You try to get your niche audience that's on the internet to hate him for some made up bullshit rumor. Really pisses me off. Stepping on your own dick. Trying to fucking, you know, make money, sell tickets, fill arenas. And these stupid guys think they're in receipt of it. And there's the people that think that they're owed an apology. I am sorry that the only people softer than you are the wrestlers you like. Tell me when I'm telling lies. This is right here. And then crushing. Real glass. Crushing the abdomen. Don't cry me a river. I don't know. I'm tired of wrestling these pricks. I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. Um, you know, but um, I'm not I'm not the boss. I, uh...
Alrighty, righty, righty. Hey, everybody, we're back. Um, man, there is so much to cover. Um, so many pay-per-views. Uh, the biggest selling pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. Um, unfortunately, there's been some other bigger news. Uh, I, I'll call it in our opinion, and I think in the general wrestling world. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is Mr. CM Punk. Um, yeah. Uh, guys, let's talk some shop. Um <laughs> Because this is this has been chomping at the bit for the the better part of a week. Um, because uh, it's been almost a week, now, right? Or no? Is it? It's it's been over a week now. Mm-hmm. Over a week now. So if you've been, if you're a a wrestling fan like all of us, if you've listened to this podcast, um, you know, we, I'd like to say we've got our fingers on the pulse, and obviously. The gigantic, huge pulse is CM Punk getting fired by AEW. Um, and boy, oh boy, does this seem to have caused like some sort of earthquake in the wrestling community. It's a lot of, you know, whose opinion, who saw this, who said that, why he's gotten fired. Um, and it's there's been some really, really interesting takes. And obviously, there's been some really insane outlandish takes. Um, and we're going to dissect all that um, because this is pretty monumental. Um, you know, the guy lauded as the indie darling finally makes it quits. Everybody wants him to come back. He comes back, gets quits again, kind of, and now gets fired. So it's like, wow, it, it it's a lot. Um, we also have a very special guest joining us. Uh, probably CM Punk's biggest fan, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but we have my fantastic and lovely wife, Caitlin, joining us. Um, I wish I could say she's the biggest punk fan, but um, yeah, she's not. And I think you're about to find out why. Uh, so, uh, gents and lady, let's talk some shop. Um, uh, boy, Tom, where do we begin? <laughs> like, where to start? I think maybe a quick recap of how the hell we got here. Uh, I would just say keep it to AEW. <laughs> and, you know, we'll obviously sprinkle in a lot of what punk sure is <laughs> what he's been known for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, Tom, how, how did we get here? Oh man. Uh, let's, let's wind the clocks, shall we? Uh, well, punk, some comes, psychotherapy on this one. Yeah. Uh, it's geez. Uh, so punk comes back in Chicago, uh, has one of the best, I think probably the greatest ovations, uh, pops I've ever heard in my life. Um, there was a lot of buzz um, when AEW scooped up Daniel, or Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, and then CM Punk. And it was going to be this, you know, kind of rekindling of the Monday Night Wars. And it was it, CM Punk coming back after seven years was absolutely huge. Um, he has he comes out, challenges Darby Allen. We we get uh, CM Trunks, uh, which is great. Uh, we get weird pant leg punk. Uh, and we, we get some really, really decent matches. And then um, just like uh, any veteran uh, guy who's been away, been super popular, he starts uh, getting into the title picture run. And we all know what happened there. Uh, Adam Page uh, said some, it was a weird comment. I, I don't know if it was warranted of the, the brawl out, but uh he he made some comments on live television, kind of shoot on punk uh, about workers' rights, uh, which led into brawl out, and we all know what happened at brawl out. Uh, 
Punk and the Bucks and Ace Steel and a bunch of other backstage people. Huge fight. Everyone's going work, shoot. Uh, I mean, I remember talking to Caitlin and Mike and Jim, probably in text threads, in person, separate text threads of, is this a work or shoot? And that happened for months. Um, and so he comes back. He's uh, good to go. Uh, he gets cleared along with the Bucks and cuts a uh, pretty pretty weird promo about the Bucks and collision happens. So that's pretty brief uh, and I'm flying through it, but um, we all, uh, I guess, fast forward to Wembley. He gets into a weird fight with Jack Perry, which I'll throw to Jim. Jim, you want to talk about what happened there? Sure. <laughs> so, so the, the behind the scenes is that apparently uh, punk has been kind of uh, de facto running collision, right? He, he's been kind of having a lot of influence over collision and what's going on there. And the, the story is, is that a few weeks back, Jack Perry wanted to do a spot on collision using real glass and not doctored glass, not what we call sugar glass. Uh, and Punk pulled him aside and said, hey, you should really reconsider that. That's a bad idea. And apparently Jack Perry was like, fuck you, dad. You can't tell me what to do. Uh, and that led to a little bit of an uncomfortableness between Punk and Jack Perry. Get to Wembley Stadium and Jack Perry is fighting Hook uh, in the pre-show. And there's a car on the set on the stage. And Jack Perry uh, is getting ready to do a spot on the the windshield of the of the car, and he looks dead into camera and says, <laughs> "That's real glass. Cry me a river." Obviously, a direct shot at Punk, trying to <laughs> rile up CM Punk. Uh, the match concludes. Perry goes to the back. CM Punk confronts him, uh, and again, we're obviously just going off of stories here, just going off of reports. Uh, none of us were there. God, I wish, but none of us were actually in the room. So we're just going off, yeah. of course. Uh, Punk confronts uh, Jack Perry and says, hey, do you got a problem? A scuffle ensues. Depending on who you listen to, uh, Perry was aggressive or Punk was aggressive. But the, the bottom line is they got into a scuffle. Uh, there was a physical altercation. There are reports that this led to monitors falling on Tony Khan or very near Tony Khan. Uh, uh, Samoa Joe had to get involved in breaking it up. Uh, there are reports that Punk threatened to quit, said he hated AEW. He hated working there. Uh, and again, reports are that Joe had to kind of talk him into going on. Uh, and that was the first match of the pay-per-view punk versus Joe, and which is just nuts because that was a good way to open a pay-per-view knowing that like that happened. I, like, ah, and we'll get into this and you know, professional is pro is punk professional. Is he not? I, Caitlin is just chomping at the bit. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, I just think it's funny that all of these perspectives on this history is so rose colored glasses for CM Punk. Like, I got introduced to CM Punk at his current career. So I didn't know CM Punk before. So I don't have all of the like love triangle history of like, oh my gosh, I just love him so much. <laughs> he came in and he had his ego bruise because he was old and getting hurt. And when I watched his matches, I didn't think they were that exciting overall. Like his arch of matches that I watched weren't that cool. Um, and then he gets his ego hurt. He cries like a baby because he's not getting his way. People aren't listening to him because he's an asshole. And <laughs> it proceeds to have all of these 
piling up of dramatic stories. Tony Khan's a huge fan, so he wants to make it work with him. He's sacrificing a lot to make that happen. And ultimately, his sacrifices like led to this like climax that was way too far. But ultimately, Punk's a uh, baby back bitch, and he got what he oh, oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Kaylin coming in, Jeez. coming in hot. I don't, yes, I can't argue that, guys. I told you. <laughs> wow, I I do also want to say because uh, I've been giggling about it too. Because uh, Tony Khan said he's never been more afraid in his life. Afraid for uh, his life. He was afraid for his life. He was afraid for his life. Uh, and that's that's why, because uh, if you guys remember in, in Collision, or yeah, the 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 collision the the collision the day he got fired. Yeah, and he came he, out. Yeah. He came out and and he said he was like, I was a I was fearful for my life. I was like, really? Eh, <laughs> what about that, man? That's what I, so that's what I was going to say, Jim. I think, well, I, I don't know if you had read this, um, but apparently he, a punk also lunged at Tony Khan. And that was what drew the, I feared for my life because so again, supposedly when Perry came at punk, something, there was a scuffle, but he, he put him in a guillotine choke and basically choked him out yeah. um, from reports. And then I, he, he was probably fired up through the moon and not excusing it. Etc. But I don't know. So because I know Caitlin and I, we had talked about this. So I understand that using glass in a match is dangerous and really risky. Uh, so I, I value that CM Punk was like, hey, that's probably not a good idea. But the fact that Jack Perry is like, hey, I'm going to still take the risk anyways. They're, like that's just the level of control that CM Punk cannot release. Like he has to have that control and that influence. And when people don't go that direction, it shouldn't escalate to the point that it did to me like that doesn't make sense to me um for it to have gotten to be that big and 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 for all of the lawyers to be involved and to give all that advice like there had to have been enough cause for it to really be a secure thing especially breaking a big contract right no and so kate and and guys i want to hear and yours kate um you know opinion on this is when you when you say that it's it's I don't think it's punk was necessarily not in control. I think it was more of a respect thing with him where I think if Jack Perry just would have done the spot and not said anything before or after it would have been, Hey man, what the hell? You know, like I told you not to do that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that he looked directly into the camera and clearly said something to him um, again, I'm not excusing it, Caitlin, because you're, you're definitely right. He's a grown man for Pete's sakes. Like you should be able to be like, Oh, you know, we'll square up somewhere down the road, whatever and whatnot. But the wrestling industry is very, very, very big on respect. And it's, I, it, I, I don't blame punk for getting a little heated for like, what that, like, why would you do that? Knowing that that's a direct shot at me on my, uh, the biggest state, you know, you're, it's embarrassing. And so that's where I think it just enraged him. And I know, fellas more obviously into wrestling than Caitlin is, but just that I would say that it is, I, it's a slippery slope here, guys. Uh, It's just that like, it is wrestling is a very, you know, amongst many things, but a very respected industry business. Correct. Right. I mean, I'm not too far off on that. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The only, the only thing I guess for, for my opinion with the whole, locker room respect thing. 
I think that was a very old way in wrestling. And I think it's, it has, it, it died with the undertaker, uh, this whole locker room leader and being, you know, getting receipts and everything. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, regardless of seeing punk, you know, whether he wrestles or not, and let's say he's not even in the picture. I just don't think that's the locker room that AEW wants to have where it's, you can, because of how like the bucks are allowed to, and this is probably going to lead into like a, another tangent, but like how the bucks are allowed to continuously post on like their social media account, continue to poke fun at like CM Punk, other wrestlers that they have grief with. They, they constantly take shots at Cornette, which are great because Cornette sucks, but like, it's that like the, the, the age of like, there is no consequence for, for their actions. And I think that's what punk was trying to get at. I think punk was like, Hey, you know, and, and blatant terms, talk shit, get hit. And that's exactly what happened. And those guys were like, Whoa, it, 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 it just reminds me. And I texted this, to the group, it reminds me of the kid at the, the school bully who's just running his mouth. And the next thing, you know, you get tired of it and you punch him in the mouth. And then he runs back and cries to the teachers going, I didn't do anything. What was the problem? I don't know why he hit me. And that's, that's where I think the the locker room is is in shambles right now because it, it it's not even it's I don't even know it's not even like WCW era of like the wrestlers the inmates running the you know the asylum it's just that there is no leadership there is no accountability and there's no like I I think Mike's right I think there's no respect because it's just a different era of wrestling and Punk is I think that's you know, to a, to a fault, to a, the, his flaw, whether you love it or you hate it. I think that's what punk really, really strives on. He strives on being the last, you know, the, you know, the last cowboy in, in, in the, of the seventies and eighties style wrestling, where he just wants to be, to just have that like respect. You come to me if you have a problem and we don't do it through lawyers and social media and things like that. So that's, that's where I, I stand on that. I think that's just a generational gap. I think that's like the wrestling now is never going to be the same because we have social media and we have all these things. It's like never, it's just Mm -hmm. never going to be that. And I think that's, I don't disagree that CM Punk was trying to hold on to that, but I don't think that it's warranted that he should be as upset and then play as victim as he is. Like there's so many other wrestlers that are his age and older that are able to still be really successful and be like, can work easily CM Punk I don't think has been able to work easily with any company or else he would be on a company well as someone who is uh considered difficult to work with uh (laughs) give an inside perspective I'll say this um Jack Perry uh if if I was in CM Punk shoes and uh, a guy I worked with um who you know was was relatively new took it upon himself to directly insult me like that. Yeah. I'd confront him too. I'd absolutely confront him too. I think Jack Perry knew he could get away with picking on CM Punk, knew he could get away with taking a shot at CM Punk. Probably a better way to say that, not picking on him like he's a little kid, right? He knew he could get away with taking a shot at CM Punk because CM Punk has the reputation of being, you know, difficult to work with. Uh, I think the Bucks continued to pick at him continue to pack at him uh you know i think hangman and kenny had kind of moved on but i think the the bucks continue to be little bitches about it uh and you know is cm punk difficult to work with for sure 
Absolutely. But there's an interest between being good at your job and being liked by your coworkers. And I think CM Punk has been focusing on being good at his job, not liked by his coworkers. And the fact that you have, like Tom said, middle school bullies kind of running the company at this point, that was a bad, it was a toxic combination. Um, you know, I, I think both can be true. I think punk can be difficult to work with and have an attitude problem and the bucks can be assholes, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, and I, you put them together and it leads to an incredibly volatile situation. So yeah, I think, I think Jack Perry has a lot of answering to do. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, it reminds me a lot of, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Sammy Guevara Andrade incident a while back. Yeah. Th- it there's reminds a lot of, me a lot of that where yep. who the fuck is Sammy Guevara? to step up to Andrade like that. And Andrade is the one who, who suffered the consequences. Uh, and, you know, here's Sammy Guevara on TV every fucking week. I just, it, it something needs it to be is, done with Jack Perry too. Yeah. It's very strange. And so okay, it looks like you have something to say. So I definitely want to hear what, what you have to say, but it definitely seems thinking about it and just seeing, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not like some insider sleuth, and this and that, but like what Jim said, where it seems like it's more of the older generation that are getting punished and these new, like it's the, it's like the middle school bully kind of mentality. I don't know. Kate, what do you like? Well, any thoughts I think on that? The, the middle school bully thing, like I, I'm not standing in the bucks corner. Like I think the bucks are stupid and like, I'm annoyed with them too. Like I'm not saying like I'm on team bucks cause I'm not like, I'm not on team punk, but I think you could also argue that CM punk could be a bully. Like, he gets what he wants by like manipulating situations and calling up to the bosses and uh, threatening to leave. Like those are all bully like tactics too. So I just think that there's a little bit of both of both things happening just in different ways. Um, so I like when you guys were first, when you, I think Tom first brought it up, the bully comment, I wasn't sure if you're ta- like saying CM Punk is the bully or if other people are the bullies, but I understand now that you're obviously talking about the other people, but I, I do think there's CM Punk. My whole argument is that CM Punk is not innocent. And I just think there's, you know, all of the, the longtime fans. What I can say is being in all out pay-per-view live, he wasn't missed in the arena. Like there were some CM Punk chants that would start up, but they were really quieted quickly and it was still a very energetic crowd and the pay-per-view was super fun. So I don't know, just interesting perspective. No. And it it was, I mean, obviously I was there and I think I even, there was some guys behind us that were big time CM Punk fans. Um, And the guy in front of us was wearing the punk and Tony Khan face from, it was like, like a Hawaiian shirt or something like a, whatever it was the, their pictures from the brawl out right before at the press conference. And it was like all over, it was great. And there were a lot of, I mean, the crowd going into it was definitely very like, you could tell like it kind of, it felt like it was bubbling, like what's going to happen here. And then they tried and they just either, there were people around us that were like, come on. And you're like, no, we don't. And you know, we all that kind of, you know, if we want him back and stuff and it just, I wouldn't say, he wasn't missed. I think it just felt like it was defeated, you know, to where it's just like, why does this keep happening to him? And so, Kate, like, that's what I was going to, you know, that's kind of where I was going with, you know, what you had said was it just, I think why we're so frustrated is why is it punk? Why is it Andrade? Why is it all these, you know, and yet 
you know, the like the Bucks, Sammy Guevara, all this can kind of still run their their mouths and do this thing on Twitter and whatnot. And I get there's always going to be that weird. Is it real? Is it not with wrestling? But it's just it just this era feels so different. And maybe it is because of social media and all the other things that are happening. But it just I think that's where I'm frustrated is I'm not excusing Punk for what he did. But why? Why are they always picking on him? You know, and why are they? What, seriously, why is what like again? Andrade, a third generation, like that guy is an amazing talent. Why is someone like him getting sent home? You know what I mean? And it's just that's what's frustrating, I think, to a lot of us. So I have a I have a question for you three. So sure, a lot. I know I know your perspectives are more anti WWE, pro other companies like AEW. Like overall, like that's kind of the theme that I pick up and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way the WWE was brought up was likely more of that locker room respect captain in the locker room type situation. And if AEW is trying to build something different, it's going to feel different because mm-hmm. they're, they're not trying to replicate that. So there could be like a culture shift because of trying to separate and maybe that's creating some of those issues. So I just don't know what you guys think about that. No, we we've had a conversation like that before about how, AEW needs to be different, but there are still lessons you learn from other companies and, and having a locker room leader, having somebody who keeps other people in check is, is, you know, that can go to a very toxic and very negative place, but it can also be done very effectively and very ethically. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think AEW absolutely has to have a different culture, but you can carry over positive lessons that you learn from the WWE culture. Um, you know, we, we talked about this before having a, a Brian Danielson or a John Moxley as, as kind of that undertaker role, right. I, you know, where they're not going to abuse the power. It's not going to go to their heads. They're not going to have people buying them cases of Jack Daniels as punishment. You know, it's, it's going to be just, no, you answer to this guy um, to that, to that effect. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, uh and of course, I'm going to blank on his name now. Josh um, Hart, uh, the the guy who does commentary for New Japan, mixed martial artist. Uh, yeah, Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett. Yeah, I swear to God, Tom, I thought you said Jim Cornette, and that's why I was staring at you like, oh. what the fuck, <laughs> son <laughs> of a really, bitch. I just thought that was I mean, a really weird joke. I'm not, I'm not, you wouldn't be wrong. This <laughs> would <laughs> yeah. not be the first time I butchered somebody's name. Josh Barnett put out a tweet where he said, you know, like, oh, Tony Khan, you need somebody in the locker room who can be an enforcer. You know, give me a call. Josh Barnett's not the guy for it because Josh Barnett wants the fight, right? He wants to be the... He'll kill someone. (laughs) You know, somebody like Brian Danielson, who again, can show that restraint and and, and have that leadership role, uh, I think is exactly what the the culture needs there. Uh, Because there's no culture of accountability. There's no culture of accountability. And that, I think help contribute to what led to I, what I consider to be a very unfortunate thing. I think they could have, they could have handled the punk situation very differently a year ago mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be where we are today, but there's, again, there's no culture of accountability in that locker room. And, and here we are. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good point. I think CM Punk was trying to fill that leadership locker room leadership role, but I don't think he's as even killed as a Brian Danielson. Like his temper can't no. handle it. His ego can't handle it. So 
he was trying to All fill right. a role well, that about ultimately wasn't going to fit. What do you mean? Of course he has, and every wrestler has a huge ego. CM Punk's is through the roof. No. You don't have a pipe bomb <laughs> from a wrestler know. who doesn't have an ego. Like, that's... You can't... But was, is Michael, are you saying was, that he doesn't have an ego? Like, you're, that's your argument? <laughs> I'm just... No, you know, and it's... No, I mean, it's... it. I go back to his, his line that he just... He's recently been saying is that, tell me when I'm telling lies. And look at what he did when he dropped that pipe bomb. It, that wrestling was like, humpty dumpty dumpty doop. And then... Kablamo. I still remember. I was like, Tom, um, you need to watch this. Like, this is really weird. And it, it, that was the thing that kind of sparked everything. Same thing when he came to AEW. And I, I think you remember that, Kate, when I was, I was like, oh my God, he's here. I wish I could be there. And watching him come out, I was talking to Tom the entire time. And the guy, you know, it's, I think he was working towards growing a new generation. Sure. Call it ego, whatever. But the guy, he brought eyes. And that's, it's, I, it, again, I don't necessarily think it's ego. He's just telling the truth. It's, he telling when he's telling lies that he's not great at what he does. I think that he definitely was great. The wrestlers I watch now, I don't think he's like compare. He doesn't compare in the same way. He is older. Like he For just, sure. he's, he also has gotten hurt like every other time I've watched him, I feel like. So there's that, that was, he, he was competing with, but the, like he did the pipe bomb that made him so famous, but that was also like breaking that fourth wall. And so there are instances that he's gotten upset is when current wrestlers have done that and addressed him or pushed boundaries and talked about things that usually aren't talked about, which is what he did himself earlier on in his career. So it's just kind of like a, a weird, like to me, it feels a little bit hypocritical. I don't know if that's fair to say, but the, the pipe bomb was him, was him going off on the business and, and the state of the business. He didn't, he didn't say, you know, he, the only wrestlers he named in the pipe bomb, he complimented, you know, he even, you know, is very, you know, what sticks out to my mind is him calling out John Cena and saying, John, I like you. You're a good guy. You're a great wrestler, but you're being shoved down people's throats. Blah, blah, blah. Jack Perry wasn't, you know, you know, and Adam page, they were directly assaulting his character in their promos in their spot. Yeah. And, and well, so I get why yeah. he'd be a little bit upset about that. Adam page for sure. I mean, I don't, I'm not in the, the dark interwebs of, the dark uh, sheets. Right. <laughs> so deep I didn't. I would have. I was just a viewer seeing Jack Perry being like, "Yeah, I'm going to use real glass like a hard ass." I'm like, "Okay, cool." Like, <laughs> no, no sweat off my back. I'm just watching you going to get real bloody. Like, that's just what I'm about to see. So I would. I wouldn't have no idea, and I don't know how many other viewers saw it just like that. And obviously it meant more to the people that knew more, but no, I, everybody makes really, really good points. And, um, well, one thing I kind of wanted to circle back to was something that Jim and Caitlin were talking about, you know, is along the respect and who really should be in charge and whatnot. I think it's a really good time to bring up TK, Tony Khan. Um, I've been reading some really interesting articles and just seeing different things about how, again, Jim, you kind of alluded to it last year, or I don't know if it was last year, year and a half ago, whenever. When he first started this Adam Page nonsense, um, you know, it should have been 
in my opinion, and I believe we all saw that same video where he was like, TK should have been like, all right, you, you, let's get in a room, da 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 da. But he didn't. And he just, he's never ever supported. I, as much as I hate the Bucks, he's never even supported that. He's always just been like, um, okay, you guys just, you guys can figure it out. And he's never, he's never put his foot down. I, case in point, I think is, is in, again, in the video that Tom and I watched, I think we should try and link it for sure. So uh, I think it's a really interesting viewpoint is when you look at Tony Khan's face, you have ultimately what is probably one of the biggest professional wrestling stars ever burying the shit out of your company, your EVPs, Colt Cabana, and you do nothing. Like he did nothing. He, the look on his face was, oh my God, of like pure panic. Um, and it's, it's funny. I mean, it's funny, but it's he was, not, he was fearful for his life. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, and that's, that's what kind of frustrates me, Kate, is where it's like, why, again, I'm not excusing Punk's actions, but there's a lot of context behind this because knowing you and I know what you do for a living and you're a boss and you're great. If someone started burying stuff in front of you, Jim, I, you know, I, excuse me, the school you work at, I guarantee it, whatever problems you've had and gone through in teaching, et cetera, if somebody just started burying your place of business and what you do for a living to your face, you wouldn't get, somebody wouldn't be like, hey, hey, stop talking about, like, what are you doing? You know, and Tony Khan didn't do that at all. And he's never done it until now. And so like a lot of people are now like, hey, Good, good job, Tony. I, I, you did something and whatnot. And so that's, I guess it's that clearly I'm getting worked up about it. Cause it's just, I, I don't want to blame Tony. And maybe this is the thing that it's just that, that he needs to start learning, but mm-hmm. all of you, what are your thoughts on that? On, on TK? Like, did he do the right thing by not doing anything? Did he, should he have done something, et cetera? Clearly you can see where I'm coming from, but would love to hear your thoughts on it. this. This is where I kind of, I kind of agree with Caitlin with CM Punk, like not, I think abusing his powers is a bit much, but like he knew what he was doing and he knew he could do that. And I I think Punk being, because he's known for being super outspoken, dropping pipe bombs. I I think it was just like, I'm going to do what I want because that's what I do. And this is my thing. And I don't think, and I don't think Khan was ready for it. You can tell on his face. He was just like, oh, shit, what have I done? And and that's where, yes, we're not, I'm not a big WWE guy. There is no way that you can tell me that that shit would have happened in WWE. Because it just wouldn't have. Because McMahon, Triple H, somebody in that company would have pulled his mic and been like, Phil, you got to get out of here, dude. Um, and he would have been suspended and probably fired that the next morning. But I do think I, I do think Punk knew what he was doing. But at the same time, I, I also said to you guys, Tony Khan needs to decide whether he's a fan or a boss. And I and that's the hardest thing with him right now that I think he's he's hopefully learning from. And, you know, I'm I'm sure when WWE started, uh, when it was WWF, there was these problems that existed, too. It just wasn't on such a huge platform. And you know, the WWE has been around for, you know, 40 some years. They've learned from that. And this is what year five year, right? Year four, yeah. year, year four, four. for yeah. AEW. So it's, I hope he can learn from it and go, well, I am not going to make that same mistake twice, but Khan, I think Khan has a lot to, to, to 
pass the blame on this. I, I think he really, he really needed to step up and, and he didn't. And now it's, it's, he's kind of looking like a laughing stock because it's like, like you said, Mike, like, Oh, this is the time that you wanted to fire him. Like, what about all these other guys who have been provoking other wrestlers and who have been, you know, the Andrade situation and things like that. You just, you need to, you need to be a leader and he's, he's just not right now. Um, and that's the most chaotic thing you could have in, in your company. Yeah. Not that, not that Tony Khan is going to listen to what my fat ass has to say, but if I could give him a nickel's worth of advice, it would be hire two people, a chief operations officer and an on air GM. Um, because those are the two parts that Tony Khan just doesn't fucking do well. He's not good at handling operations and he's not good at handling the on air stuff. He's a wonderful booker. He is, has a great eye for talent, but he needs to have somebody who can put his foot down and he needs to have somebody who can go on camera and not look like he's about to shit his pants. Um, or he's like coked out (laughs) out of his fucking gourd yeah yeah those are the two the two faces of tony Khan: scared shitless or coked uh so yeah i i I think i think i think tony fills in the gaps where his you know a good leader recognizes your flaws a good read a good leader recognizes where their shortcomings are And, and i think it would do tony a lot of good to have somebody who can be the hard ass and have somebody who can do the on-air stuff. We don't need to see Tony Khan. You know, we don't. Nothing against the guy. It's just that's not your strengths, bro. That's not where that's not where you should be putting your energy. Yeah, I think this was a big learning lesson. I think it's clear like he was in way over his head. He set a precedent that was going to be really hard to break and even now it's going to be hard to get that back on track. And that's just an experience of leadership. And I hope that he can get there and make decisions. I think the COO and on-air GM I, like on, I didn't know that he didn't already have that. So that's insane that he's not <laughs> operating with that currently. He needs help. I mean, overall, if he's going to continue to try to book bigger and bigger talent, I'm going to talk about their egos again. Their egos are going to get bigger and bigger. And that's like, if you don't have a good leash on it, it's going to continue to grow crazier, especially with all the problems you guys have already said with the younger generation, not having the same, respect mantra that they might have had before the social media aspects like all of that is super important you know kate you brought up uh you said something I was reading an article earlier today you know talking about a learning lesson um and the the article was talking about kind of uh it that it was titled uh the, the tony khan screwed tony khan uh essentially and uh it what it was getting at was mcmahon essentially had these same problems too when he started taking over the territories um, that was like the wild, wild west. I mean, you had everybody was essentially doing their own thing and he had to corral it. Um, and it was still going crazy, uh, apparently through this. I, it, I can't remember the exact details of it, but what he was getting at was it essentially took the steroid scandal for him to, you know, it was like, okay, wait a minute, this is real life, et cetera. I'm not excusing what happened with the steroid. You know, that's a, whole nother conversation for another time, but that was kind of the wake up moment. Um, and they're kind of comparing that to this is where there a lot of people are saying, okay, Tony Khan, use this as your wake up moment and realize that you need to do, you need to make some changes. Cause Caitlin, I weren't, I didn't know if you were aware, but he obviously is the owner, uh, but he is the, I like, what is he? It's like owner. He's the, he's the head of creative. He's the head booker. He is the like, 
head talent scout or like chief it's he's wearing like six different hats it's insane and a lot of people one of them obviously being jim Cornette, who are all like "Eh, eh." but he makes good points where he's like he's doing way too much and it's it's i mean clearly he can't even keep control of his locker room so it's interesting that you said that this is a learning moment because again the wwe clearly has had several learning moments and it's really interesting to see where tk takes this so I don't know. I, I think one of the, the biggest problems with, with Tony Khan was that he was so caught up with bringing Punk back that it just it he was just too overwhelmed with it. And on top of his other duties, for sure. Yeah. If you're doing like seven to eight things, you're just going to burn yourself out and it's just going to be a, a wreck. But I think he was holding on a little too tight with bringing Punk back and being the guy who was like, look, I brought him out of retirement. I was the guy who who gave you what you wanted. And it, you could just see it in like it just snowball out of control. And he was just like, by the time, you know, Punk is, you know, doing his I'm hurt and I'm pissed off and I work with children little rant. You can see Tony Khan's just kind of like, but I brought him back still, guys. Like, please, like I, he's here. And, and I just don't think he knew. It's not that I don't think he knew he was getting what he was getting himself into. I just think he was just so caught up with that, that by the time Punk did what he did, it was just, it was too late. The wheels were already off. It reminds me of the, there's a, there's a joke in politics that, uh, you know, people who vote for the uh, face eating tigers party shouldn't be surprised when these tigers are running around eating people's faces. You know, you, you should know what you're getting with CM Punk. And, and I agree with should, that. Yeah. Yeah. You should have, you should have the backbone to stand up to him. Otherwise yeah, you're just letting a bowl loose in a China shop. I wonder what was said, not in written contract, like to get like, what did Tony tell CM Punk of like, Hey, I'm going to get you back here. Like, I know I've already approached you five other hundred times, but I'm going to make sure this happens this time. And this is what you're going to do. And you're going to like, we're going to build to have your own, you know, all these things that he maybe was like worried about his word falling through because he was trying to build his like trust with him. But obviously things were just like falling apart in front of him. Well, you know, when, when punk first came into AEW, that was one of the things he said was he saw that the way they handled Brody Lee's illness and passing. And he said he was so impressed with the integrity of the company, with the way that they handled it, that that kind of moved him to be like, okay, I can work with these people. You know, this is a company that, that has values and, and I can live with. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, that it's, it's a shame that, 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 you come in with that kind of a rapport and it devolves into what it devolved into. It's, it's sad because I think punk was really happy when he started. I think there were a lot of uh, there was a lot of upside coming in and there was a lot of trust coming in. I think Kenny wanted to work with him. I think the bucks wanted to work with him. I think, yeah, I think everybody in the company was super excited to to have him there. Um, And yeah, it kind of, you know, the video you referenced earlier, Mike, he made a good point. It was when he got injured, when he hurt his foot uh, jumping into the crowd in Chicago, that seemed to be a real turning point. Um, things started to really change with with Punk's relationship with AEW after that. And and um, it's a shame. Like I said, it's just it's just a shame, in my opinion. I saw the same thing, Jim, and that's why I bring up his ego because I feel like he was really upset that he was older and then he was getting hurt and not recovering as fast. So I think that was like an internal frustration that was coming out in these like series of drama events. 
happening in the company. Oh, like sure. that's, that's where I feel like he was coming from. Cause I, I noticed the same thing. Well, and as, as the resident old fart of the podcast, thanks Tom for reminding me of that at every opportunity. Anytime, anytime. Uh, I, <laughs> it's true. It lingers in your, it lingers in the back of your mind of like, wait a minute, I can't do what I used to do. And you know, it, it has a way of, of coming out and lashing out at people. So I'm not saying I do that. I don't do that. I don't care if any lawyers are listening. I don't do that. But I'm saying I understand how that could be something that, that would, yeah, I, I can see that being a big part of his frustration is that your own mortality <laughs> career wise starts getting on my face every day. Every day I walk into a classroom and realize, wow, I can't relate to these kids the way I used to. And it's fucking crushing, man. It is a soul crushing experience to realize that time is marching on without you. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I think that's a legitimate, that's a valid perspective. Feel bad for me, guys. That was the point of that story. So you're all I supposed to go, aw. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jim. <laughs> no, so I, you know, we've talked about um obviously punk. We've talked about Khan. Um, I think it's just I, I mean, because obviously there's a lot being said um about not necessarily the elite, but the young bucks. Um, and I, there's been also a lot of talk of like, should they actually still keep their EVP status? Um, I, I'm 100% question. Uh, no. Quick question before you continue. Uh, so to get yeah. EVP status, did they like no, buy yeah. in as a partner? Like, do they have financial investment to get EVP or is that just a title assigned? I think it was a title assigned because they, they're kind of essentially the brainchild behind AEW. So, um, uh, there was a, a pay-per-view or wasn't a, well, there was, there was a pay-per-view and that's where all in kind of comes from is there was way back in the day for like what, five years ago now at this point. Uh, I can't remember what the arena was called, but it's the now arena, uh, in Hoffman estates. We've all been there several times for events, uh, et cetera. Um, and it was some, uh, Meltzer, Dave Meltzer, I think said the bucks could never sell out like a 10,000 seat arena or something like that. And so Cody Rhodes, the Bucks, Hangman, a bunch of other people put on this, this, I think it was like 20,000 people or so. It was insane. And it sold out within like 30 seconds. It was nuts. And it was Isn't all it in. Out? That was the whole like, hey, we're, we're going all in. That's the, that's the following pay-per-view that's usually in oh, okay. Chicago every Labor Day, which is, that's where we were. All in is like kind of their bigger specialer kind of moment, like bigger pay-per-view. I think they do that at least once. I think it's like at this point, kind of the WrestleMania ish uh, and, and whatnot. And so because of that was, that was the gamble was that, you know, we can't pack an arena and they did, which eventually led to Tony Khan going, Hey, I'm a big wrestling fan. I could back your guys vision and whatnot. And so from my understanding, Tony Khan is the complete owner, whatever, of AEW, et cetera, CEO, all that nonsense. He's assigned the Bucks and Omega and Paige. I, I thought no, Paige Cody was, was. No. So, okay, Cody was. So Cody was, but now it's just the Bucks and Kenny Omega. He's just assigned him EVP status. It, it, I don't know as far as what that means and what they have control over, but they essentially have Tony Khan's ear at you know, back and call. And from, in my opinion, from my understanding. So EVP, we're not sure if that is actual authority or 
like a tiered structure. Like if Brian Danielson goes against an EVP, the EVP is going to automatically win because they're EVP. Well, that's, that's the claim of not the claim directly, but that's the, the implication from punk is that because they're EVPs, they're getting special status. Um, You know, I, what, what the corporate structure is and how that actually plays out. You know, you'd have to ask, you'd have to ask Tony Khan, you know, what is, what does that actually mean? But yeah, they, they don't have a financial stake in the company. They're just kind of a creative, I think it, it, it's almost an honorific in my opinion. Um, it, it's not like they're, they're not on the, they're not on the, the media calls. They're not on the, uh, you know, the, the corporate retreat calls and all that kind of stuff. They have these titles, but I have no idea what that actually means in the day-to-day operations of the company. And that's never really been made clear. So like I said, I, I kind of think of it more of as an honorary title uh, more than anything. And then the standing now is that based on current behavior, they shouldn't have any honorary title or any title, even if it's not honorary. That would be my opinion. Yeah. I think they've proven that they're not capable of, of having that responsibility because, you know, the, the, even if it's just an honorary, even if there's no legitimate power assigned to it, there's perceived power assigned to it and there's perceived weight assigned to it. And, and I think that that's a dangerous thing for people like the young bucks. I think Kenny has shown that he's mature enough. I don't think the bucks have shown they're mature enough to have that re- kind of responsibility that comes with it. Um, I know it's going to be upsetting and Mike's a big young bucks fan, but I don't think that they've proven themselves (laughs) to in any way be worthy of carrying a title like that, whether there's real power or perceived power attached to it. Tom, you, you're a guy who's big on perceived power because you don't have any real power, obviously. So (laughs) I think they should, they should give them more power is what I, um, man, I, I just, it's, it's the fact that they, they, they go, they just, they go on their show, the BTE and they pick at everybody and they, and, and I think I, it's just, they're just obnoxious to me. They're just like, what are you doing? Just let it Is go. It more than, more than heel, like normal heel shit. I, it is, but it's, it's, it's blurring the lines of being a heel and just being an asshole. And, and I think that's their biggest problem is that yes, it, they're like, Oh, we're going to get heel heat for this. But it's like, man, you're, you're just, just kind of being a dick. Like all of them, there was this big spot. Like, I think it was like right after punk got fired, Kenny Omega is like drinking a Pepsi in it. And it's like, really dude. Like, and he's, and he was like disgusted. Just likes Pepsi. <laughs> well, no, he was, he was like, Oh, how can anybody like this? This is garbage. Uh, I mean, that's not what he said verbatim, but like, it's just that they, they, I just, I agree with Jim. I don't think they're mature enough to have that title. And I I think if they want, I mean, they're in AEW, they're in a very successful wrestling company, just wrestle for Christ's sakes, like let it go. And and it's just like everybody involved in these incidents, like just fucking wrestle at this point because you're doing more harm than you're doing good. And now you're, and, and I believe, uh, Jim, I don't know if you saw this, but punk, uh, had released his like lawyers on the bucks and for, for like something they said in being the elite and it, that's, a that's cease and, assist. and a cease and desist is just like, okay, now you're just, you're just, you're just being an asshole. Like that's it. Just plain and simple. You were, you're upset that punk 
you know, beat you up in the back and, you know, some a steel bit one of you. Like, I get it. That sucks. But like, move on, fellas. (laughs) I think it's it's an interesting cycle, though, because seeing the Young Bucks during All Out in Chicago, the pop was loud against them because of everything that's going on. I'm not saying that they I'm not saying I'm on Young Bucks side by any means, but now we're in this like circular motion of their heels and assholes. People aren't appreciating the fact that they're assholes. So then they see them live and they yell at him more, but it's making a bigger heel pop. So it's like this cycle is going to continue. Well, it feels, it feels like the, the, the struggle that we have with Chris Jericho, right? Like we, we had this conversation when we were going to, we were going to dynamite before uh forbidden door. What do we do when Jericho comes out? Cause if you boo him, that's what he wants. Right. So how do you show your legitimate disdain for the man in a way that's not going to be able to be turned into, see, look, he's doing his job. And that's why, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed, I just turned my back and flipped the bird. You know, I'm I'm not going to boo. I'm not going to sing your damn song. I just, you know, it's, and it's, it's a callback to what we did to, to, you know, again, cause I'm the old man. Um, the, the last pay-per-view that Taz did for ECW before he went to WWF, uh, was was in Chicago. It was at the Odeon Sports Complex, and uh, that's what we did. Taz came out. We all turned our back on him. You know, we're not going to boo him, give him heel heat. We just turned our back to him. Uh, and you know, there was a chance of you sold out and you sold out and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, how do you? How do you? It's it's like voting, right? We when you when you pull the lever for a candidate, you don't give a reason why. So you're you're left afterwards to speculate why did this candidate win? Why did this candidate lose? Well, why are people booing the Bucks? Are they booing the Bucks because, hey, they're doing great heel work? Or are they booing the Bucks because, no, fuck you, on a human level, you're, you're, you're shitty? We don't know. All we see is, is, is the end result there. So, yeah, it is. It's a pickle for a wrestling fan to be in. How do you express that displeasure towards the Bucks in a way that isn't going to be misinterpreted as supporting them doing their jobs? Yeah, and if they get even more bad publicity by being bigger assholes on any network channel platform, whatever that is, that's ultimately going to still generate more clicks, more views, bring everyone back. So it's like, it's just an unfortunate cycle. Um, I don't know how that gets fixed. Fuck the young bucks. Fuck the young bucks. I think, you know, as, 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 and I'm just saying this to say this because it just sounded good in my head now that I'm thinking about it, that like the Young Bucks have, you know, punk isn't the other, like, isn't just innocent. Uh, no, I, I take that back. Punk isn't the, the, the guy who is just this hard person to, to get along with, hard person to, to work with. The Bucks have a very, very big history of also pissing a lot of people off on the way up. And that, I guess, to, to you know, um, for Caitlin, um, because I, I just think those two, well, those three, I think Tony Khan just didn't even take that into consideration. I don't think Tony Khan was just like, oh, shit, I've got two very huge egos that are like not liked at all in, in most locker rooms. You know, that it was just, I think it was just inevitable. I think it was always going to happen. I think if, if this needed to be avoided, if Tony Khan wasn't a, uh, if Tony Khan was a good leader and could have avoided this, those two, those guys should have never been on a show, period. The Bucks and Punk. 
And, and so like that, I just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you can cut this out. I don't care, but like <laughs> that, that's just like, it's the bucks aren't as innocent as they, they make themselves out to be. It just circles back to like corporate character mm-hmm. matters and that you can't just bring people in without thinking about how they're going to impact your mission, the people around you, the culture. Like you have to think about that. And I don't think Tony was, I think he was trying to just bring in star after star, after star, after star. Battle signs is what he sees. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's also, that's what I've been reading a lot lately is just that he was in grow mode essentially, you know, where it was like, Oh my God, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. Oh my God. I got CM Punk, you know, like trying to reach Super all talked about, and he clearly, <laughs> yeah, he just, yeah. Wow. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but doesn't he look like kind of like Goku? Like he's got like hell of a hair. Only, only when he's in coked up mode. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, but I mean, and and there are, and to kind of close this out and, you know, we'll close it out here in a second, but that's what's like, I guess, another thing that's frustrating about TK, not to keep shitting on the guy, uh, you know, but like it's a, there was reports too of him when obviously when the, the brawl out happened and he was scared shitless and he suspended him when he came back to collision, he was supposedly like, see him, but like in the back, like marking out again where it's he should have been more of like okay what the fuck is he gonna do if he does what am i gonna do about etc he just completely went back to being a fan again and out went the corporate window and so i hope this is a wake-up call for him but you know what i wanted to end on with before we get to our match of the week was is this gonna be the last time we see punk um could this really truly be it um, I don't, I haven't had a chance to read it. Um, again, I, wrestling headlines, Lords of pain, whatever they're called now, not the most trustworthy, but I saw a headline that said, now they're thinking of maybe punk might come back. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, okay, I, I got to digest this, but I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. But, um, I know Jim, Tom, you kind of threw out some places, but like, what's the realistic that he could, and where do you think he might go? Does he show back up at AEW? WWE? I don't know. I my answer, I don't know. I really have no idea at this point. So, Jim, Tom, Caitlin, what was the uh, the federation uh, that I texted you guys in Rockford? That's where I think he's going to show up. (laughs) He's going to fight fight, uh, uh, Masada. (laughs) Masada. I know Jim and I talked about this before before we hopped on. I don't see AEW in the cards right away. Uh, maybe if Punk wants to ride off into the sunset and his career and, and, you know, maybe I think new Japan would probably be an option. Um, but I, I, I think he's going back to WWE. I, I hate, I hate to say it, but I think he's going to go, I think he's going to end up there. I think he's, if, if, McMahon and his stooges and, and it's not just McMahon anymore. It's the, the other guys that he's working with. They know that punk is a big deal. Um, and punk also has that UFC background. Um, I mean, if you want to call it that background, but like I, I, I could, I think there's a very, very good chance that the, those rumors about him coming to survivor series are going to, are going to play out. I don't see him going to impact. I don't know why that's an option. Why people think he's, he's going to go to impact. I, I think it would be really cool for him to, to 
tool around the indies, MLW, uh, that, uh, where all of our listeners are at in Ireland, the Federation up there. Um, I, I, I would love to see him do, ICW, you know, a, a, an indie right. tour. I think it would be fun. And I think it would be good PR, you know, damage control. Um, but WWE is probably my, my top pick. I think CM Punk is more than likely headed to WWE. I don't think it's going to be a long run. I think it's going to be a short program, but I think that there's money there, right? There's money and CM Punk coming back. I think what'd be best for Punk is going to new Japan, but I think the most likely outcome is him going to WWE, him going back to AEW. Come on, man. Like, fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me fool me three times fuck you know i I, I, at some point you got to realize that it's just it's not in the cards there it's not a good place it's not a good fit and and that happens you can have great athletes who are on the wrong team it's not that the team is bad it's not that the athlete is bad it's that it's just not a good mesh and I punk is just not a good mesh in AEW. And it, that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate, but I think he's far more likely to end up in WWE, but I God, I wish he would end up in new Japan. I agree. He's going to end up somewhere. I, I think he'd probably end up in WWE. He can make a lot of money there. Oh, yeah. um, and ultimately that's what he needs to make since he probably hasn't made what he thought he was going to make. Um, but I don't think he's going to be anywhere long. Whatever company he goes to, he's either going to quit or get fired because he's going to get pissed about something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll put, I'll put money on it. <laughs> you had to know Caitlin was going to take a shot with that answer. You had to know she was going to slide another dagger in there. Yeah, I really honestly, I don't know. Because I could honestly see him being like, fuck this. And he's got money. And he's, the, the horror movie he did, it wasn't great. Wasn't bad. I can see him doing that. He's got plenty of options. I, he doesn't have to wrestle. He could literally be like, go fuck yourselves. I'm done. And he'll be fine. Um, I I do not want to see him at WWE. It, it, I would be so disappointed just because everything that he stands for, you know, and what he's preached and what he said about him. And it's like, oh, man, I, he will lose so many fans Doubt it. and I just I can't see him doing it if he goes to WWE <laughs> none of you guys are be like I'm turning my God, back damn it. I can't do it you guys are gonna still watch him oh 100% you're right it is it, yeah and that's and that's the hard part but I know at some point they're gonna and I'm gonna they're gonna do something with him and it's gonna be stupid and I'm gonna be like oh well now I'm done again and I'll go watch something else but I would love to see him do a tour of the indies to where I could see him again in a fucking gymnasium. Absolutely. I'd love that. I think he'd fit in great with MLW. There's a lot of up and coming talent there. ICW in Ireland. Yes, please. Rev pro. Absolutely. Him in new Japan would be great, you know, but, and Caitlin, you make a good point. And I think that's where it goes into the, I don't know, because there is that possibility. He goes somewhere and rubs somebody the wrong way again. And now we're talking about him again. And it's where it's like, okay, well, here's try number five. Where's he going now? You know, and it just, it, I don't know. I really don't know. And if he never wrestles again, that sucks. I, I, I've loved him since Jim, Tom, and I saw him on Marinelli Field wrestling Danny Dominion. I've been a huge fan of his ever since. And I always will be. I watched the Money in the Bank ladder match with him and John Cena chef's kiss i've got that in my memory so that's great i've got his you know i got a lot of great memories of the guy it just sucks that it had to be this way and it just that's what bums me out and so wherever he goes i'll watch him but 
I don't know where he's going to go. I can't wait in six months when we have Caitlin back on and we're all like, man, WWE is amazing now that Punk's back. (laughs) I can't wait. Caitlin's just going to be like, I told every one of you assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I used to watch Punk. I used to watch Punk in West Alice, uh, Wisconsin. It's funny. My my sister has a dog named Dino and I always call him Dino Bambino. Uh, because that was the guy I first saw wrestle CM Punk was this kid named Dino Bambino versus CM Punk at the the uh, uh, VFW Hall in West Dallas, Wisconsin for Mid American Wrestling. That's and it amazing. Was, yeah, it's it was it's still I because I remember that because back then all he had was the 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 Pepsi tattoo, right? That was the only thing he had was the Pepsi yeah. tattoo, and, and just thinking Pepsi like film. oh. Yeah, who's this? Oh, in the straight edge. In the straight yeah, edge. There's, there's a lot of history there, but as as I as I've said many times to to many people, um, just because there's a history doesn't mean there's a future. Um, maybe 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 Caitlin's right, and we need to put aside our cult like love of of Pepsi Phil. But to give you guys credit, like hearing that story, that's so pivotal. Like that is such a core memory. Like so special that that person that you saw at a VFW hall, like made it big time, like times 10. Like that's, that's something you're going to hold on to. That's really special, especially for the fact that you guys are all huge wrestling fans. So hearing that type of story, like makes it, it, it softens my heart to your fandom. <laughs> we got her guys. We got oh. her. <laughs> but I'm still, I, I'm still anti, <laughs> yeah. but I can, I can see why if I, like, if I if I was in those guy, shoes, but... I would be defending him likely. And Tom, I think you ran into him, didn't you? And he was he was oddly enough getting. I, no, a I was getting a hot dog, and I ran into him, and I, it was just a, like a huh, huh, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm that guy." <laughs> <laughs> I hope Sam Punk does a baseball, a minor league baseball stadium tour, and that's how he makes his money. <laughs> I, I mean, take a leave of absence from I mean, work and follow him around the country. <laughs> I was going to say, guess what we're doing, Kate? He joins the Savannah Bananas. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> well, I, wherever he ends up, obviously, I think he's always going to make a name for himself. And whatever he does, he just he's one of those just I, it, for anything. He'll always go down as probably one of the most polarizing professional wrestlers ever. Uh, you know, uh, he joins a, a, a very few, I think, in my opinion. But well, one could one could even call him a cult of personality. Man, there have been a lot of lot of matches. Uh, It's when did we haven't covered all in, all out, or it's been a while, so. Boy, smorgasbord of matches here for match of the week. I guess match of match of the weeks. Um, you know, I think uh, I think we're gonna obviously with our with our special guest. I am going to let her pick her match of the week. Uh, Caitlin, you've been involved directly and also semi indirectly uh, in some of the pay per views. Uh, falling asleep, doing something else. <laughs> How dare it's you semi- call me out? it's okay hey man if she's taking shots at punk gloves are coming off (laughs) and that's not okay (laughs) i love you so much uh 
No. So, Kate, what was your what was your match of the week? My match of the week was at All Out in Chicago, Miro versus Hobbs. It was magic seeing all the meat being slapped and having <laughs> that become such a fun, like funny, but like energetic and like people just did not lay off the gas. It was just the like one of the few times where I've seen a live wrestling event that the crowd is informing what's happening in the ring. And you could tell that the wrestlers were getting more and more energy from it, playing off of it, going deeper in it. Like everyone was like interacting with each other, which was I think really unique to have experienced. And so that that's why I have the match of the week. Plus Miro is fucking awesome. And he has the thickest thighs I've ever seen. (laughs) Thick thighs save lives. And Miro is a fucking EMT. That guy. (laughs) Yes. Not to mention, he's just a great wrestler. He's great. (laughs) I think, man, Miro is criminally uh, like underused. It's insane. He is, he is so good. And so is Hobbs. Well, I think they're building something to it. Yeah, no, both of them did. I think they're building something to to finally get both of those guys. I mean, clearly after this, it's I, they they even uh, Caitlin. I don't know if you saw if I told you about it or if you guys saw it. the The new shirt that they put out it's just says meat. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like I gotta get a bruv shirt and now. I gotta get a meat shirt. Like <laughs> just proudly walk around with everyone looking at like meat, bruv. <laughs> Who is this guy? So. No, all about it. Tom, what was uh what was your match of the weeks? Oh man. Uh it it's well I, I would like to throw promo of the week, uh, since we didn't get a chance to uh talk about all the 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 things that were happening. Uh I I I'm not that big of an Adam Page guy, but Swerve and Adam Page is going to be amazing. And that promo fucking ruled. Um I'm so happy to see Swerve. Um, getting the 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 push that he he rightfully deserves, and I thought that was a great promo, great great job with you know Paige not you know running back to the ring, not it's you know clearly he's getting under his skin, so it was a great great promo. But my match of the week, got to give it to uh, Danielson and uh, Ricky Starks. That match was fucking awesome, and I love that um, afterwards after the match. Um, uh, he he broke character a little bit and he was like willingly open like openly said during the press conference that like Ricky Starks basically carried him through that entire match protected him um, a lot of people were like really worried about you know the the state of his health and it, which is even better he tripped down the stairs and he made a joke and he was like how pissed off would Tony Khan be right now if this is I, I get injured again but this is how I get injured um <laughs> I thought it was great. And and I think it really, really solidified, you know, um, Ricky Starks as being, um, being a, a mega star. And, and on top of that too, I think it was very, I mean, it was a great replacement for the, for, for the him and punk feud. Um, who, who better to, to bring out than, you know, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson and, um, great, great, great match. The, he, it's impossible for either of those guys to have a bad match. Um, well, unless if he's wrestling Chris Jericho. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Got to take a shot at Jericho. Pow, pow. I'm surprised Jim, well, Jeff Jarrett hasn't come up this podcast. <laughs> he did now. Well, he did <laughs> <that guy. laughs> Funny you should mention that, Caitlin. <laughs> is, that, is that your match? 
If Jim has a match of the week involving Jeff Jarrett, something horribly, horribly bad has happened. You will have know. You will know I suffered severe head trauma. Like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, guys, I forgot to tell you, I was in a major accident. Speaking <laughs> of which, Jeff Jarrett is great. No. Uh, well, it's actually it's, it's funny that you mentioned that Tom mentioned uh, Chris Jericho. My match was uh, the Chris Jericho versus Will Osprey. I'm just kidding. I can't. I, I thought I was like, Jim, oh, what was the fuck? like, are you serious? <laughs> I couldn't get through the whole thing. I really like it. I started to choke a little bit in my throat. Uh, no, my, I, my actual match of the weeks was uh, in agreement with Tom, the strap match between BD and Ricky Starks. I fucking loved it. It was, it was great storytelling. It was, it was, it was a great strap match. Uh, I mean, talk about a way to push Ricky Starks to the fucking moon. Yeah. I mean, that, that kid has had so many opportunities, not of his own volition squandered. This, this is a, that was a star making fucking match for Ricky Starks. And, and I hope he can continue that trajectory without interruption um, as it's been interrupted so many times before. So yeah, I, I, Big fan of that match. Really like where they're going with it. For those of you who watched Collision this week, uh, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who didn't, I'm not going to say anything. But uh, I like where they're going with the story after the match. And it was, you know, like Tom said, you know, BD went to the press conference afterwards and said, you know, Starks carried me, you know, and, and he's a phenomenal talent. And uh, I'm wonderfully done all the way around and look forward to where it's going from here. No, that was it was fun to see live, especially just I always said like, it's fun to hear those like him, the 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 strap man that that definitely made a difference being there live, seeing that like knowing that he's hitting him in the face. I think Caitlin even was like, is he hitting him in the face? And I wanted to be like, <laughs> no, I think he's protecting him. And it's like, nope, he's straight getting in a hit in the face with a strap like and what a what a nod, though from for BD to say that he you know someone like Ricky Starks was able to carry Brian Danielson that's a that's a pretty high accolade mm-hmm. um but yeah getting to see it live was pretty cool um Tom I know before I get to my match of the week kind of like you had a promo um at, at Starkey baby that promo that he cut after the whole firing where he I think Jim I texted you cuz I wasn't sure Tom if you'd seen it yet but was just like wow that was pretty emotional and Jim I think you said like from the heart like that he clearly was so upset and rightfully so I he's had how much stuff just like pulled away from him and I I personally not not to get back into CM Punk I would have loved to have seen that I think that could have been awesome Uh, a Punk uh, uh, a Starks feud but I mean they slipped Danielson in great and it worked and I'm intrigued I'm gonna go watch Collision here potentially shortly uh, to see what's going on, but uh, interested to see where they're going with it. But that promo just, I was like, God, man, y- you got me, you know? And that's what's cool about wrestling is is that hook and pulling you in. And when he just really, it was kind of like, I felt like Ricky was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say some shit and I'm going to say it whether you like it or not. And you could tell because he got some, and then he transitioned into the, and that just makes him great. He got what he needed to say off his chest and went right into business. I, I thought that was really impressive. Uh, and good for him, too, for you know being able to voice that. Um, my match of the week, not to spend too much time on it. Caitlin already hit on it. It was it, Miro versus Hobbs, guys, was so awesome. And seeing it live, like a, 
Caitlin took everything that I wanted to say about that match right out of my mouth. It just audience participation. They, you could tell clearly everyone was like, okay, this is going to be meat slapping meat, big guy, you know, two, three moves. It's going to be over. And in almost my opinion, uh, my opinion, uh, theory is I think it was going to be that, but then the crowd and it, everyone was like, okay, okay. And it, they were, they made it run a little bit. Um, but God damn, was that fun with the, you know, it was, it wasn't just meat, but it was like, like two meat clap, clap two meat. Like it was <laughs> wonderful. It was so, and they, and like Caitlin said that it just, they beat the hell out of each other. And it was, and then seeing Hobbs attack him at the end, it was great. So I'm like, oh, thank God they're going to run this back. And then what a, like, you know, his, he always is always talking about his hot wife, his glorious wife. And Lana, now, what, what does she go by? CJ or CJ Perry? Mm-hmm. CJ Perry shows up and kind of saves, you know, Miro from a beatdown and he just walks away from her. I'm like, oh, I, this is fun. I kind of like where th- this could be really interesting. So, I yeah, like Caitlin loved it. Was really it was a really cool thing to see live, and and it was really cool for Caitlin to see just how much the crowd can influence a match. And yeah, I mean, you took all the words, everything that I wanted to say about it, like and how they danced beautifully. I thought it was a good match. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's great. And I forgot to mention Lana. I loved seeing her come out. It really just opened the door to me thinking like, can the like Bella twins come out now? Like who else from women's WWE can come over and and make some AEW spots. So that was exciting. I I think that does it. Check out the matches of the week uh, and uh, return for the return of the spotlight. I think it's going to be a good one. So stay tuned.